Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing to help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. Things have been happening. Two weeks ago, I was excited asking you, what are the chances that you're going to see the new Bond in theaters? And, you know, you said 0%. And you're, you're right. <laughs> you're right. 0%. Both Bond and Dune, and we'll also mention less that we haven't talked about before, but Wonder Woman 1984 has also been pushed to, um, well, Bond was pushed to April 2021, and Dune pushed to October 2021 more reshoots than they imagined i guess i i don't know or they just don't or they don't want to be in that i guess they're they figure if they're going to already be pushing it that they may as well not push it directly into competition with something else i mean the longer you go the more the more empty the schedule should be right because the theater it'll be easier for the theater the um the company to push back whatever they had planned for fall of 2021 because it's probably not shooting right now so <laughs> right exactly yeah it's like well who cares we can have open slots here i mean it's like i was thinking about this the other day because i was kind of looking for whether there's been any news about star wars and like well this is actually kind of beneficial for the star wars franchise because they didn't really they want to make reset. movies yeah <laughs> and now they got it <laughs> like well they... we have to take a few years off <laughs> yeah they needed a hard reset so I, I think this is probably good for the Star Wars franchise. <sighs> yeah, I mean, what did I say? Zero percent. It's actually it becomes more likely, I guess, for me to, to <laughs> go to in theaters. But unless I said in twenty twenty, which I think was implied. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was. I think that was heavily implied. Yeah, I. Um, right. I mean, it's just not happening. I do want to mention one thing with movies oh, is that I hadn't actually realized this like fully but Hans Zimmer wrote the scores for all three of these movies (laughs) he's watching a massive amount of his work over the past probably two years just shelved yeah is that frustrating to him how much of it did he do pre-quarantine how much of it has he done during quarantine I think that's a gotta know that's a great question that's an open question but can they can you record can they record new? Can they record anything right now? Can you get the LA Phil into the into the uh, studio and record things? True. I don't know. I don't think so. I think we might learn how much sound is actually on synth. the on the cutting room floor. <laughs> Just a lot of synth. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I know you're a little bummed about this, so I'll just I'll just give you a chance to attack it in a certain way. Are you going to recognize the Lakers NBA title? Fine, I guess. Wow. You're going to let them have seven, number 17. You're, you're going to link, relinquish the, uh, the ones that were gotten in Minneapolis? Yeah, wow. Way to, way to just turn that right around. Um, I'm sorry, the Los Angeles Lakers. How many have they won? Uh, is it 12? Is this 12? I think it's something like that. 
I'm interested to hear your counterpoint here because I f- actually, after experiencing this whole slog of the NBA season, feel that it was more legitimate than I was expecting. I agree. It it does it it because you had a lot of people joke that the uh, that the there are two seasons in the NBA. There's a regular season and there's a postseason, yeah. and it's in no league is it more true than in the NBA yeah. where it is a lot of games. And it looked very different from what happened prior to the pandemic. But there's a month of the season left. So those seedings and the fact that they played a couple of games to make sure that like a couple of teams had chances. Yeah. <laughs> it was a joke that some of those teams were there in the bubble. But it does kind of help lend legitimacy that like the they've freaking Washington couldn't be like, well, if we'd shown up, we would have been able to, who knows. And the Heat were a team that people are starting to pick. Right. As they could have gotten the, I was worried that they were going to get the third seed. So, yeah. I mean, the, the fact that they ended up being the representatives of the East, um, maybe that was inevitable. That's an, I mean, it's an interesting question. I think, yeah, sure. I guess, I guess I feel like I just feel like this was a way more legitimate season than I was expecting. It was. And I yeah. feel I feel like okay, they actually earned the title. And now we get to now we get to pivot to when are they going to start the next season? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, instantly. Yeah, how are they going to do this next year? I don't know. They've managed I mean they've managed to screw over screw themselves over, right? By by finit they were single-mindedly finishing this season and now it's like, well now what? I mean it's supposed to be starting now. <laughs> the next season is like supposed to be starting. Are they going to bubble again? I cannot. I, that, I cannot imagine see, the appetite to bubble is high. But like, they can't not no. bubble right now. <laughs> right. Any interest in talking about the M- MLB playoffs? Happily, happily. So a week ago, we were sitting here saying, picking the Astros, Raves, Braves, Dodgers. Well, what do you know? It's the Astros, Braves, and Rays and Dodgers. Or, sorry, four for four. <laughs> it's the the Astros and yeah Astros and Raves against the Braves and the Dodgers. Yeah, that's pretty good. Four for four. We, yeah, and there were a lot of there were a lot of text messages about about this. There were a lot of text messages about this, and it wasn't really that that much in doubt. The one the last the last one was the one that we kind of expected was going to be the closest. The Rays and Yankees. Yes. Yep. Yeah, I mean, there was it was never in doubt on the National League side. <laughs> right. I mean, and I'm not even sure that this round should necessarily be in doubt, which we'll talk about in a second. But I guess we should we should pivot into the the thing that you have talked me successfully into picking the Astros for to win this series against the Rays. I did. I I talked you into it. Now the Rays did lose did win game 1, <laughs> which I don't love. <laughs> Yeah, but it's in Houston, right? I mean, I it's I sorry. It's not in Houston. It's not Where are they playing this game? I don't know. I'm not sure. I can't remember. Is this are these the ones in LA? I and then the Braves and Dodgers are somewhere else. I can't I Braves and Dodgers are in Texas. Yeah. I thought they were in Ca- I thought that the AL was in California. Yeah, whatever. I guess what I'm, what I'm trying to say is there's there's no home field advantage here. So, 
it kind of doesn't matter. And we saw in the NBA how much it didn't matter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know. It, de- it depends if their cheating is tied to being at home or not. Anyway, uh, we we also picked the Dodgers. That feels safe. I mean, I'm looking at their, you know, they've got they've got Walker Bueller going today. Clayton Kershaw going tomorrow. Clayton Kershaw seems to have mostly figured out his playoff jinx. I mean, those are like almost like you remove the fans, and then he's just like <laughs> he's a cool cat again. And I think you know the expectation in both of those games is probably the Dodgers have got to be got to be two to one favorites in both of those games. If you go up two two nothing, it's really hard to come back. Yeah, have they lost a game? Uh, I don't think the Dodgers have lost yet. Have the Braves lost? I don't think lost the a game? Brave, Yeah, I don't think either team has lost a game yet. Just wild how much. I mean, they've only better those two teams are than the rest of the well, they've only, division. They've only played five games. It's not like I mean, <laughs> let's not pretend like they've been out here playing two seven game series and sweeping them. They're like they had their two game sweep. Now they've had their yeah. three game sweep, and it's like, well, I mean. <laughs> Can they sweep in four games now? <laughs> Can one of them sweep it? Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we'll stay tuned. I think this is done by the weekend as well, right? I'm really? pretty sure I'm pretty well, sure this is I'm pretty sure they play every by day. The end of the, we, by the end of the weekend. By the end of the weekend. So I see. Yeah, yes. It is. I think the World Series starts next week. Which is crazy because that's like a compressed time schedule relative to the regular MLB. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's like really they're gonna they're gonna finish the MLB ahead of when they normally would finish the MLB. <laughs> Oof, oh boy, Lance McCullers versus Charlie Morton. I don't feel great about that. <laughs> well, I mean, you've got the talent-wise, you got the best pitcher against the talent-wise, probably. You know, <laughs> go ahead. Charlie what are you Morton, gonna say? You and I love Charlie Morton because he doesn't have as much talent as a lot of these other players. Yes. But has been, you know, the analytics has worked for him. Where in the Astros and then the Rays have told him what to do. And he's been like, oh, okay, I'll do that. And has turned into an all-star pitcher. Liz McCullers is someone who is innately amazing and cannot stay healthy. Yes, I agree with that. So we shall see. That's all there is to say about that. We shall see. We have the answer a week from today. It's exciting. We don't have to wait. We are perfectly on schedule. (laughs) All right, today, let's have a quick chat about PCA progress as per our Sloan paper. (laughs) I sort of aspirationally wrote this. Now, I'm, I'm I'm not feeling that this is true, that we still have lots of time to hone our Sloan project, which... Technically, more time than we did last year. Um, yes. The question is, will that manifest as something? <laughs> and I'm not sure. Uh, we'll find out. I guess what I was hoping that we could do today is zero in on some interesting stuff. Like what? And, and really what I'm trying to get to is like, what are the key questions? Because I think that when we've written these in the past, we've been... Well, I know we've talked about this before. We've been sort of self-satisfied with like, check out this cool tool we made. <laughs> like, look at it. It does stuff. But that's not... Check out my tool. <laughs> but that's not really 
I, I yeah. think if we wanted to actually optimize, we want to say, we've got a question. Oh, look, we happened to develop this thing to attack it, but it's actually really about the question. And so to me, it's really like, okay, now we should re-hone this to be about some question. And I think we've kind of danced around it. I mean, it's still, I think this is still too broad, but my question is, can you, can you tell the difference between the 2020 and 2019 seasons statistically? Right. Ugh. That is very broad. Well, I think, I guess, because the, the question that I actually want to answer is how much can you change the rules before you see it in the statistics? It seems like it's a question of quality. Right? What we're asking is, is the quality of the games played over the sample that we watched different? Does it vary greatly? Is that what we're sort of after? Because assuming that it's the quality of the product of the, and the product can be most summarized by the starting pitching, we have to also figure out what our um, caveats are, right? What do you mean caveats? Well, we're going to say, we're going to set up a straw man in that we're going to say, we're going to say that the MLB season hasn't changed or whatever, whatever we want to say. The quality of the game has not um, diminished. Right. In the 2020 season versus the 2019 season, we're going to have to say, and we're going to base this off of the starting pitching or pitching in general. Right. Probably starting pitching because that's the most important thing in baseball is pitching. That is our argument. I mean, I guess the immediate caveat is that if we only consider starting pitchers, starting pitchers are basically only doing half the game now. Mm-hmm. So are we are we missing are we missing everything? And I I guess one of the things that I'll share today is just in terms of technological development. I think we actually can attack the relief pitchers. Although we but if we do attack the relief pitchers, we have to really work to hone the question. <laughs> You're shaking no, your head. <laughs> I, think just, I think it's just starting pitching. So so you think that we should just really focus the question say is starting pitching materially different? based on these rule changes that happened in 2020 versus 2019. Right. I think that we do. I mean, we could, we could zero, like, I guess we could even zero in further and say, like, does the, the addition of the DH to the National League make a difference to starting pitching? I mean, if we wanted, like, if you want to, like, really zero in on a question, that question is very on the table with this data well, set. Well, that would be a good one. That would be good. That would be good. Everybody wants to talk about the DH. I mean, I think the question to go, I think one step away from it is, did the quality of the pitching, did quality of starting pitching diminish from 2019 to 2020? We're going to assume no. So then the secondary question is, um, what is the secondary question there? Well, I think the the question is in a in a system like this, do you like do you what quest what 
long-held wisdom is no longer provably true in the sense that, okay, do you really have to give your, your starting pitchers this much time off, for instance? Or, you know, do you really have to, like, do you have to consider travel days as part of a, part of a day off? Or, like, what does that mean for their, their, a pitcher's tiredness? Or if you see, I mean, there's another, there are, there are so many questions, like, or that are very subtle. Or if you see the same teams more frequently in the course of a year, do is there a measurably different outcome, right? Because because what you're seeing, one thing that was really unique about this year is that you you have pitchers saw the same hitters more frequently, or didn't see it for the first time since interleague play. Right? Didn't right exactly? Didn't see this really broad base of of peop, of hitters. You saw a more concentrated number. Can you see that in the quality or going forward, what predictions can you make for based on schedule strength or something based on how many times a pitcher is seen a hitter in a season? Again, it's close. Well, you just have to keep honing it. That's the whole point. (laughs) We need to, like, we have to keep kicking these things around because I, I mean, I can develop these. I can develop these tools. The like the actual nitty gritty, um, how to how to evaluate these things. But without a question, it's like I don't know, Why? just a really shiny thing, <laughs> right? Yeah. And w- what actually? So let me just briefly say we can come back to the the interesting questions. Let me just briefly say that I discovered basically in the past, over the course of the past week that the new PCA method that I set up with this uh, with this project that you can actually pretty easily cross compare pitchers in such a way that you that you couldn't before so what i did i'm I'm showing you mark melanson's pca pitch fingerprint which is relevant because we're about to talk about mark melanson but what i did is i overlaid the annotations from zach grinke on top of this like pitchers that you don't necessarily think are the same. And you see, oh, actually, where the annotations sit in this PCA space that we've identified are pretty close for for Zach Grinke, are pretty close to where they exist for Mark Melanson. And this is true if you just plot any random pitcher. So in this PCA space that's taking into account velocity, spin, motion, all of these, all of these things, you can actually cross compare between different pitchers. So we're getting closer to being able to have sort of a master switch for quality in terms of pitchers, where we don't need to just do it for a single pitcher. You can do it across the whole league. Mm. Okay. I, this is like very distracting. I, I don't think of it as distracting. I think of it as like we've we've actually found like such an efficient data space compression to describe pitches themselves. And then the question just becomes, well, how well can a pitcher execute their intended game plan? Which I actually think that is interesting. That question's interesting in the quality discussion because it's like, did the pitcher execute their game plan? more reliably in 2020 than they did in 2019 
or vice versa. Right. Because that's, that's really how I'm going to measure quality. That's really how we want to measure quality, right? It's like they, they tried to have these outcomes. Did they actually do better in 2019 than they did in 2020 or vice versa? So we're sure that we're forcing fastballs that in space, there will be other players that will have their forcing fastballs in that general space. Yeah. So if you, uh, in, in that, basically the zero, zero space is fastballs <laughs> across, across most, most pitchers. And this is a thing that I need to do in probably the next week or two is actually cycle through every pitcher and see where the locus of the four seam fastballs lies for every pitcher. Yeah, can we do that? But across, across yeah, absolutely. But across different pitchers that have pretty different pitch, um, like pretty different pitch profiles, you're actually ending up with something that looks weirdly similar in this PCA space. Right. This gets back to that that one question of like that, that we could have tackled, which is just, is a four seam, is a two seam fastball a sinker? <laughs> well. I mean, sure, that actually could be a very interesting data question. Like, hey, are they different? Are they the same? What does the data say? <laughs> I think that about brings us to the review session. The Atlanta bullpen. How about Mark Melanson, that Atlanta bullpen? Will Smith, Shane Green. What order do you think is appropriate? I mean, Mark Melanson is... If we if we just go off of what's been happening in the playoffs, Mark Melanson is the only one to get a save of those three so far. Will Smith has a win, which I guess is nice. And Shane Green has just showed up for two games. Yeah, I mean, so are you talking about the order in which they should appear in the game? <laughs> I'm saying if you were the GM, who would you have set as your closer? I mean, probably Melanson. Why? I mean, he's he's the safe choice. But okay, let me let me just run let me run through their stats here. I'm only actually I'm just going to no, give you one stat for for each one of these. I'll I'll give you some salient points. So, Mark Melanson was basically the closer, right? He appeared. He got eleven yep. got eleven saves this year in twenty two point two innings. Uh, he had an ERA of two point seven eight. That's fine. Good for you, buddy. A, a whip of 1.28. A K per nine of 5.56 and a walks per nine of 2.78. That's not great. Shane Green, to draw the contrast here, no saves, but he's got a 6.75 K per nine, uh, 6.83 K per nine, excuse me, and a 2.93 walks per nine. Will Smith actually has a 10.13 K per nine and appeared in, they basically all appeared in the same number of innings pitched. Will Smith, however, <laughs> has a has a beautiful four point five ERA, and I just had his whip, and then I lost it. Point uh, nine four. So, I I'm trying to say that I actually would pick Will Smith to be my closer. I mean, I get it in data space when as you describe that. The reason to not have Will Smith as your closer is because he had a couple bad outings where he got 
where he got rocked. And but that's what Will Smith does. <laughs> I I know, and and you know what? When you watch him, <clears throat> kind of looks like it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I just just rewatching them pitch a little bit. It is. You feel pretty good about having Shane Green in the like eighth inning. You feel, and you watch Melanson pitch. You're talking about we we've, we've talked about the most the most reliable pitchers or the kind of power pitcher guys at the back of the back of the bull um, back of the bullpen. I guess the end of the game. Just Will Smith has always been someone that it seemed tantalizing. And just can't quite get there. He just can't quite be reliable. I mean, look at his career. I well, yeah, sure. I guess the I mean the thing about picking Melanson is that if I had if I look at the three of them and have to pick the closer out of the lineup, you're like, it's Melanson. <laughs> like that dude just that dude just carries himself like more of a closer, even though I find that to be largely unearned. <laughs> Man, I say that about Will Smith, but his career has been pretty good. I just feel like I've always owned him when he's had that downturn. His career, Will Smith's career has been fine, I would say, aggressively fine. He gets a lot of Ks, but he's got an ERA that, you're the one who harps on the fact that, like, well, you can't actually have a high ERA and a 1.24 whip over your career and be happy about that. Right, like a 1.24 whip. You're the, like if I've learned one thing about you and your philosophy of closers during this whole review session, it's like if your closer's got a whip of more than one, they shouldn't be a closer. <laughs> it's true. Um, well, it's not one, but it's <laughs> it is pretty close. But the last two years, I guess he has had. I'm going off of old. I'm going off of like my 2017 bias, um, wherein he didn't pitch. And before that, he was the guy that I'm thinking of. But the last yeah. two years in San Francisco, he was pretty decent. Um, and then this year is... Well, I I mean, the thing that worries term. me is that maybe Will Smith actually needs to be the named closer, right? Because the difference is that he was the named closer in 2018, 2019 for the Giants. Those are the only years that he's gotten saves. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mark Melanson's gotten really saves every year, and teams. I consider him to be the opposite. I am always terrified of Mark Melanson, and I still also think of him as a pirate. I do too. Yeah, I, I, I do as well. But I think both of us agree Shane Green should not be your closer. I think if I learned one thing from watching any Tigers games <laughs> from 2015 to 2019, Shane Green should not be your closer even though you have repeatedly relied on him as your closer in fantasy. I have only one time. Okay. And that was the one year where he was... Just every every week it was like, is this going to be the week where he blows up? <laughs> and he didn't. The, the reason that they're interesting is because these are guys that you can get in your fourth Gee. closer spot because <laughs> they're going to be available. Right. Right. Because yeah. like wherever they land, it's gonna be highly uncertain how they're gonna be used. So if it's late if it's late, late draft next year and you're like, I really need to take a flyer on some closers, like I think you could 
probably safely pick any one of these three guys and expect to get some saves. If they're on a good team. Especially yeah, if they're if, on a good team. Let's say if they stay in Atlanta. Of all three stay I in think Atlanta? If all three of them stay in Atlanta, probably two of them will stay in Atlanta, and that'll be a good committee to have one of the pitchers from because you know that they're going to get some saves. You know that they're well. I Shane Green got none. Well, Will Smith over, got zero this year, also. I mean, it was over a full season. It was weird. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't. I would. I wouldn't draft any of these. Guys. Um. Fair in most. Unless it in, was a flyer at the very end of the end, and I felt like I had kicked butt. In the draft, I probably wouldn't draft. Any in most guys. leagues, they're going to be available for you late, right? They're going to be available yeah. for you on the waiver wire. <laughs> yep. All right, who are we going to do next week? Let's do the Rays bullpen. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, mind the Z. All I've got left is, we're still luck to you, buddy. We're still luck to you, too. Yeah.